Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is, well, it's a Saturday evening for us again because Richie is too busy on Sundays these days. But uh, Sunday morning, as you guys are watching this, getting ready for some NFL playoff games that are going on this afternoon. Uh, we are live, though, on Saturday night. Richie, how's your first half of the weekend been so far? Oh, man, it's been pretty good. I, I went into work really early Friday. I was there by like 4.30 in the morning just to come home early and get some things that are on the house. Uh, played golf today. Had a blast, but a little annoying. You know, our, our tee time was delayed by 45 minutes. And we had to cut our final three holes short because it was cold and it started raining when we should have already been done. But I wanted to get home and watch this Florida State-Miami game. And I'm sure everyone who's listening right now watched it and at first was thinking oh man what a snoozer what am i going to do with the rest of my afternoon to oh my goodness our blood pressure is raising sky high but it's it's been a very exciting start to the weekend tj how about you yeah pretty good as well i'm i'm watching these nfl games that are happening tonight we timed this up pretty good to well we're missing the end of the uh, first one but to where we can watch the entire second one um and and then obviously yeah the the basketball game today was fantastic um, you know, way too stressful at the end, but got the W and that's all that matters. Shout out Matthew Cleveland. We do shout outs at the end of the show, but shout out Matthew Cleveland for throwing down the U first Jermaine. Now, Matthew, uh, we opened up the show with, uh, with that screen grab, um, which I thought was fitting. So double fries, no slow. We'll talk some basketball, we'll talk some football, and then we'll go around the horn on some different FSU sports that are going on. Um, winter sports in full swing right now. But uh, Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street, Tennessee Street, sheesh, and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them that Double Fries No Slaw sent you. Make sure you don't don't pull a Charlie. Um, shout out the real ones that get that reference. Um, get Double Fries, not Double Slaw. Um, Speaking of Guthrie's and double fries and chicken and everything else, um, this is, do you guys know who this is? This is an IMG offensive lineman, uh, Jordan Church, who I, we tweeted he came with a gut box. That's three gut boxes, just to let you guys know. <laughs> but four-star offensive lineman at IMG, um, we, you know, Dane asked uh, Jordan if he – was double fries no slaw and he said of course no slaw uh, guthrie's is has the best chicken tenders ever so i don't want to say that like you know this kid's a done deal or anything but there ain't too many places in the state that he can get guthrie's chicken um so i, I like fsu's odds with uh, this offensive lineman i also like fsu's odds with any offensive lineman with uh coach alex atkins here but uh shout out jordan church for sure uh, my man's got three boxes there, though. That's not just one box. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you see that, you know he's coming back for another visit. That that's something he's all about. Is the uh, double fries no slaw? Um, like you mentioned, it. You know, Alex Atkins uh, and Guthrie's. You know, I I don't know if Josh uh, can get you a crystal ball, but you need to ask him because that, that can be your first one right there. Yeah. Um. That one's that one's a lock. That's a slam dunk. That's a ten out of ten confidence. So. Um, dude, they used to give out crystal balls to people that weren't two four seven employees, <laughs> um, and now and there's a reason like they do not anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, one of the biggest problems I think was that like so so Silk had one, and he was like ninety five percent, 
And it wasn't that he was like, they didn't have a problem with being so accurate. He was just trolling everyone else by saying like, yeah, you guys are professionals and I'm beating all of you. Yeah. You know, like he had like a percentage like Whitfongs. And so like he would troll like the Florida guys that would, you know, or at 247 and stuff. That's when Stampini was there. So like it wasn't even that like, it was, yeah, again, it was just that he was well, better than them at it, it you know? It'd be, it'd be like if you guys had, like, a random fan on the bookies to pick against the spread for the NFL playoffs, and he just destroyed all the experts. And then he even on Twitter, guys, let yeah. everybody know about it as well. Right. So, it was, of course, was, they're going to take it away. It wasn't so much that he was uh, so good at it. It's just that he rubbed their uh, rubbed their face in a little bit. Um, Very publicly, yes. So, um, anyway... But I'll see what, uh, yeah, I probably out of luck there, but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> maybe I'll let, maybe I'll ask Josh if he can let me ghost uh, pick that one. Um, uh, speaking of that, a lot of visitors on FSU's campus today, um, a lot of 2023 guys. Uh, and again, by today, Saturday, I'm sure there are, you know, several there when you're watching this or listening to this on Sunday as well. If you're catching it Monday, then yeah, they're probably gone. But um, you can check out Double Fries. In, so. <laughs> yeah. You can check out doublefriesnoslaw.com. Um, Dane Draper, who took that picture of uh, Church, um, interviewed a few commits coming out of their visit, or I'm sorry, a few prospects coming out of their visit. I know that there are a couple of commits that are there as well visiting. But second big recruiting weekend in a row for Florida State. Um, so again, doublefriesnoslaw.com. By the time this episode airs, uh, we'll have that uploaded. We'll have that on the site. You can check all that out. If there's anybody you're interested in that's not there in that little recap, obviously the guys over at Knowles 247 do a great job of uh, keeping you updated uh, on everything kind of going on recruiting-wise. They go much more in-depth than we do. So a lot going on there, mostly 2023. I do want to talk about one 2022 prospect, and then we'll kind of roll into uh, – oh, and then we have one more piece of news – uh, football wise, and then we'll roll into a heavy basketball episode this week. I know that Richie's excited about that, but um, one more piece of news, 2022 prospect three-star defensive end, Jack Plyburn out of Jacksonville, Florida um, visited this week, I think on Friday. Uh, yeah. So yesterday or two days ago, again, while this is live and they're, you know, Florida state is somewhat being selective with what they're doing with uh any remaining high school prospects for this 2022 class, but Jack is a guy that's gotten a lot of hype. Um, he had a final two, I think of Auburn and Miami and then said to Chris knee, I think of, of Knowles two, four, seven, that he may come back for another visit uh, on Sunday. Uh, obviously Jacksonville, not being a super far trip or anything like that. And so uh, kids in wrestling. So you kind of like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. He, he's probably not coming in and making an impact year one, but a guy that uh, could be uh, an impact guy down the road. And so Florida State has been choosy with any kind of offers or anything to 2022 guys as the, uh, you know, since early signing day. You haven't seen anybody getting, you know, offers that were still 2022 guys. But this is one to kind of keep an eye out on and see, uh, see what ends up happening, see if he takes another visit. Um, I think, you know, Josh and I were talking on the spaces the other day. The wrestlers to uh, FSU don't don't work out too bad. Reggie Northrup uh, was was one that uh, an absolute fan favorite for sure. Yeah. Um, it, go ahead. Real quick on that, I, I'd love 
you know, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything about Jack Flyber, and I don't, but I, I do love football players who have a wrestling background, right? Because there's a lot sure. of, you know, flexibility and skill sets that translate from wrestling to football. Uh, and we, we say that a lot, and that part is exciting. And he's not just someone who kind of wrestles. He, he's one of, like, the top in the state from what I recall. Um, so definitely excited to, to see that not only have the coaches identified him, but they're also taking a wait-and-see approach while others may kind of be jumping the gun. Um, but definitely a kid that it doesn't seem like he's in a hurry to, to commit anywhere yet. Um, so keep him warm and someone who, you know, maybe he blows up and you have that relationship. So it definitely a, a good positive to have him on campus. Yeah, no, no doubt. And so I think that uh, I think that's one that's interesting to watch over the next week or so. Signing day is not far away, right? Two, wait, two weeks um, yeah. away from signing day. Um, Wednesday. So that, that, that's coming quickly. Actually, a little less than two weeks, right? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, a week from Wednesday. It's a, yeah. a week and a half from now. So, anyway, that's one to watch uh, all the way up until signing day. Um, I don't know if he's officially been offered just yet. So, I, I would think that if and when he is, um, that would be, you know, fl- the floodgates would open and he would go to Florida State. Uh, you know, no competition with terrible recruiters like Mario and, and uh, Auburn in there. So, um, one other piece of football news, and then we'll kind of move on to some basketball, uh, quicker episode today, probably, but we say that every week and then it ends up being an hour. So, um, Oregon transfer running back Trey Benson. Um, I know you had this at the end of the outline, but I don't want to go back to football later. Yeah. Uh, Trey Benson, uh, running back formerly from Oregon commits to Florida state enrolls and is, is currently with the Seminoles. Um, Hasn't had a ton of production, uh, underwent an injury two years ago and didn't have a lot uh, going on last year either. Um, But a guy that is talented, you know, recruited uh, to Oregon originally um, by Mario, right? If he would have signed Mm -hmm. that year. So anyway, a lot of concern around his uh, previous injury, Guys worried about like what kind of impact he can make, but you know, I am not, uh, you know, Mr. Blind faith in the staff. I mean, I'm certainly a, an optimist, but I'm not that stressed about this. I said this on those spaces too. I'm not that stressed. If you know, worst case, he doesn't make an impact and you count on the guys you have there, Toe Philly, Ward. Williams and you move on, you try and use Pittman a little bit, maybe in, in kind of scat back row, whatever. I, I'm not that worried. High, high ceiling, low floor, you know, like maybe you get surprised, but maybe not. Um, the staff had him on campus before they offered probably to kind of get a look and test out that leg, but I'm not that nervous about this. I, I don't have a ton of expectations. I mean, the guy has like one touchdown for his career and only a few, a handful of carries, but like I said, high ceiling, low four. We'll see kind of where it lands. Yeah, you know, I think six carries, 22 yards in his career. But like you mentioned, he got hurt as a freshman, really gruesome knee injury. But unlike McKenzie Milton, it, it, he was never in danger of losing his leg. And from all accounts, no nerve damage, which is typically a good thing because once they can get everything physically repaired, uh, then it becomes more mental than it does about your body. Because with modern medicine, you know, these look at Cam Akers, you know, six months he tears an ACL and then he's the MVP of a uh, NFL playoff game. Uh, no one's comparing him to Cam Akers, although he is from Mississippi originally. And so if you put any stock into that, but 
I, I can't be upset about it. It'd be one thing if Florida State had like one scholarship left for the entire 2022 season uh, heading into fall camp and this was it. But they could add plenty more people. They're not going to be able to fill all the scholarships awarded to them with the COVID, um, you know, how they extended the, the limit on scholarships. So why not take a flyer on a kid like this? If it works out great, if not, no big deal. Like you mentioned, you already like Treshawn. Uh, Ward, you already like uh, Lawrence Philly. You, you hope uh, uh, Williams, the Auburn transfer from last year, can, can come in and be that number three guy. So it, even if this guy gives you nothing, it's not a big deal. Um, but if he does, it's a bonus. So again, I'm not mad at the take. Again, it'd be one thing if the scholarship limits were extremely tight right now, but they're not. That Florida State has plenty of wiggle room uh, in expecting a attrition between now and the end of spring. So yeah, take a flyer on a kid like this. If, if you brought him in, you've evaluated him and you like him. Yeah, you know, and I mentioned this too. Like the staff knows that, you know, I agree that, you know, the staff is not on the hot seat by any means, but I think the staff knows that um, – I think the staff understands that um, the pressure is on them, and I don't think that they would do something – you know, of course, Kit, you know, people on Twitter or – just wherever, you know, are going to be negative about things when they don't really understand the situation. But if the staff's confident in it, they're the ones that ultimately have to live and die with the situation. I mean, I, I'm going to probably be wearing the same exact pullover, whether he wins, you know, does great or doesn't, you know, we go in 12, whatever, but, you know, but anyway, I, I'm just kind of putting my confidence into the staff can't, can't like intentionally make a bad decision. You're right. Not every guy is going to pan out from the portal. And I think that's Florida state's fans problem is like, you know, I mean, we took four wide receivers. They're not all going to be superstars, right? Now, no. you'd hope like two or three of them pan out really well. But if you take four and two of them are really good, then, you know, I don't know. I just think that fans just like to whine about stuff no matter what. There were guys we took last year that weren't great. But, I mean, overall, it was a net positive. I mean, just Jermaine and Kier made it a net positive. So, anyway, I'm not that worried. I mean, you <laughs> – you look at this roster last year without transfers. They were what two and ten, maybe if we're lucky. So the, right. the portal again, you're not going to hit on every single one because kids, everyone goes to the portal for a reason. You're right; it's either injuries, they're happy with playing time, maybe they're clashing with their coaches. There's a reason for everyone being in the portal. It's a gamble, almost like signing a kid after the December signing day, right? If you're a four star that signs with nobody in December and you're still looking for a home in January, February, yeah. You, you may work out, but there's a reason nobody signs you in December, right? Whether it was grades, other concerns, it doesn't matter. So the, you take chances on people. But like you said, TJ, Mike Norville is not a dummy, right? He knows he needs to produce now, right? He knows he doesn't have three, four more years to, to keep the climb going, so to speak. So he's not going to waste a scholarship if he thinks it's someone who, who won't contribute until three or four years from now. But maybe they have the potential to contribute this year. So if that's his mindset, I can get on board with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, all right, switching up from football to um, basketball, we'll start with this. This is the best part of the show. And before we talk about the three games that Florida State won this week, four wins in the last eight, we're going to go to the best part of the show, Richie Barnes's Basketball Minute. Richie, take it away. Fresh off a pair of conference wins over Miami and Syracuse last week, it was time for an ultra heavyweight ACC bout as Coach K was set to make his final trip to the TLC Double C as a leader of the Blue Blood Devils. 
Things looked dicey early when the Devils scored the first five points of the game, but things would settle down when Naheem threw the cloud. McLeods delivered the offensive rebound, followed by an and one to stop the bleeding. Late in the first half, it was Cameron Haymoff Fletcher who brought the tuck to their feet with a monster slam, giving the Knolls a 31-33 lead late, but Duke had other ideas for the final 120 seconds, going on a massive run, taking a 38-33 lead to the half behind some heroics of future first overall pick, Paolo Banchero. The Knolls must have had some of Ham's secret stuff at the break, soaring out to a 59-50 lead following a Caleb General Bills made jumper. But then things got shaky as Van Carroll threw in five straight points as the Seminoles' lead would shrink, shrink, until it was no more. Van Carroll would find Mark Anthony Williams with 30 ticks on the clock for a slam at the rim, taking the wind out of the tuck sails. With just over six seconds, Ham went to Florida State's captain clutch, Raekwon Evans, who kissed one high off the glass, giving us all some free basketball. The overtime period would be back and forth coming down to the final seconds. With just 12 ticks on the clock, it would be none other than Raekwon Evans at the line with the Tribe down by one. To no one's surprise, he makes his first, makes his second, and then a desperate Duke team inbounds the ball, gets to the paint only for John Isaac. Wait, no, no, that's John Butler to reject his shot at the rim as a legendary Gene Deckerhoff would say, Knowles win, Knowles win, Knowles win. The little team that could just did. From there, the Knowles hosted the Ospreys of UNF. Wait, TJ, what? what? Never mind, I don't know what an Osprey is. In front of 23 fans, legend has it, the Knowles won and moved on to a Saturday showdown. It was a battle for the top spot in the ACC as Ham and Cohen traveled to the land of no football coordinators to take on the Hurricanes of Coral Gables. The Tribe wasted no time getting this party started, storming out to a huge 43-19 lead after the first 20 minutes as it looked like the Tribe would sleepwalk their way to an easy W. Well, Tej, let me tell you, that wasn't the case as the games came out firing as Isaiah Thomas Wong had a team-high 22 points while a far too conservative Knoll squad squandered the lead before long. State's once 26-point lead was down to just one of the final possession of the game. Despite Mario Cristobal's pleads to the crowd while neglecting recruiting and hiring assistants, it was the Seminoles who had come up with the victory, winning their ninth straight against the Canes, that school, and much more importantly, moving to first place in the ACC. Woo! You need a breath or two after that? Yeah. Woo, I about had an aneurysm on that one. My goodness. Uh, Three games. Um, That's why UNF had to be cut short. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was gonna say, I I didn't <laughs> I don't think the excitement was so much around that game anyway. I thought that was well done by you to pick and choose. Um man, what a week for FSU hoops. Okay, so we'll start with the Duke game. Um yep. late tip. Congrats to you, first of all, for staying <laughs> up through the game. Um, if the... I missed that one and woke up to see those highlights, uh, I, I would have had to retire. But Harlan, take my spot. I'm done. Man, there were a couple of times in that game that I, you know, did not feel good. I, I remember, you know, we were up eight with just over a couple of minutes to go, and you're like, man, you cannot lose when you have that kind of a lead at home. But um, they. I mean, hats off to Duke. I mean, obviously Duke is great. I mean, there's no no doubts about that. They were top six team um, before we got through with them. But um, yeah, you know, with six seconds left, I mean, you're just praying that we can get a get a bucket and tie it up, or get fouled and tie it up, whatever. You know, just get it to overtime. And then in overtime, I didn't feel very good. Mills knocked down the three with just under a minute to go. 
um, to give FSU the lead, and that's kind of the first time that I felt really good. Duke comes back and scores again, but we found a way to win it. So that Duke one, that that game was so much fun. I I talked about this with uh, Allie the next day we did a pod, but I really try not to um, get so invested like in football to where like it's gonna hurt me when we lose. Like we lost to Notre Dame, and I wasn't really that upset. We lost to Florida, I wasn't really that upset. Um, but this one, I was like into this. If we'd have lost this game, I'd have been I'd have been emotional. So um, thank God we didn't. But what a win against Duke on I, I Tuesday think night. Especially like like you mentioned, uh, I, I'm in bed by nine o'clock most nights on the weeknights because I also get up really early on weekdays. But I'm like I'm not gonna miss you know Florida State Duke, especially when they're number six. And and I did feel like momentum was shifting for Florida State, right? That they'd won a couple games in a row and beat mm-hmm. some good teams in Louisville, Miami, and got that revenge win against Syracuse. Um, so then for Duke to come in, full disclosure, I did not expect us to win, especially when Malik Osborne wasn't exactly healthy. He's still not. Um, there were other questions uh, around some other players if they'd play or not. I didn't know. I'd like I did not bet on the game. Because if I did, I was going to bet on Duke. I think it closed at four and a half or five. Um, but Florida State did everything they had to. Duke came out early. We, and I kind of mentioned it purposely in the basketball minute. Because when it was 5-0, I immediately start thinking, man, we just need to rest and get ready for, you know, uh, survive UNF and get to Miami. But I, I do want to go back to the first Miami game real quick when everyone in the world thought Caleb Mills was going to get the ball, right? And Ham gives it to Raekwon Evans. I think that end of game situations, you now have your guy. And I'm not saying you get Raquel Evans is the one that's going to take every final shot, but he needs to have the ball in his hands because in that Duke game, you saw he read that defense perfectly. And after the game, he even said they were giving me way too much room on the right side to get to the rim in regulation. And when he did, I mean, that layup, man, it, he about hit the top of the backboard and to let that go in. It, that's, that was special. And then to knock down the free throws, it, and he even said after the game, he's like, yeah, it was a much easier to knock those down after being able to do it against Miami. So experience does matter. And I do think this team is growing before our eyes. And that win against Duke was huge because before that, even after that, when a lot of uh, the bracketology actors still had us on the bubble, you lose mm-hmm. that. Even with the win today, you're probably still outside looking in Florida State. We're not quite playing for seeding just yet. But we're, we're getting towards the right side of that bubble, which is where we want to be, and let this team continue to grow. Because that's one thing about Leonard Hamilton teams these past few years. They don't t- typically regress outside of you know unfortunate injuries or something like that. Their best basketball is typically in February and March. Yeah. No, they, they're, they look so much more comfortable offensively, which is, which is such a struggle. They um, – you know, second half today, when we'll talk about the Miami game in just a second, but they just look so much more comfortable offensively. They know how to score. Mills can take anybody one-on-one. Cleveland is so money. Um, that free throw line extended area and and in the paint. Um, the length of Florida State is just, uh, you know, it's always ridiculous, but it helps so much. They play really soundly defensively, um, and that's really what allowed them to get out to the massive lead in the first half against Miami. Um, they hit timely shots. I mean, they, you, you know, I don't know. I still don't know. There's a team that's going to make a deep run, but this is a team that can should absolutely win their first first round game, unless they're like an 11 seed or something ridiculous like that, and they get a really tough matchup. But I think there's a team that should win their first round game, and 
then you never know what happens, right? Can you get to the Sweet yeah. 16? I, you know, I think the Sweet 16 might be the kind of the ceiling, but I mean, who knows? You know, like the, you know, they've already beat Duke, who very likely will be a two or three seed going forward, and, and so, um, you know, it, so it's, I'll, I'll just it's say interesting this. to. It's definitely interesting to to see how they're gelling and moving forward in the right direction. Yeah. And they're the first t- place team in the ACC. So, I mean, exactly. there's that too. I'll, I'll just say this. It, it, as of now, Florida State would most likely be on the 8-9 line. I can tell you, they're not a single team that's a one seed that wants to see Florida State in the second round. Now, of right. course, they're going to have the mentality like, oh, we know we have to win, blah, blah, blah. But in the back of coaches' minds, if, if they see Florida State as that 8 seed, knowing their recent history, knowing Coach Han, what he's done in tournaments, they're not going to be happy if they get stuck in Florida State's bracket, you know, in quotes, knowing obviously it's the, you know, the Auburn bracket or whoever it may be. So it's, Auburn's shocking the hell out of me with this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, a lot of good things. We can skip right over the UNF game. I know a lot of people are upset. Um, I had a few angry tweets during the game, but again, that they had literally less than 48 hours till that tip off. And again, there was maybe a thousand people. ESPN said there was 2000. That's probably tickets sold. But today, man, what were what were your emotions watching the Miami game today? Because I know how I felt in the first half, and I know how I felt in the second half. Well, yeah, first half felt really good, obviously. But even in the second half, I think we were up twelve with eight minutes to go. Yeah, and so we kind of went cold. You still in the didn't feel half. bad, right? You still yeah. didn't feel bad at that point. Oh, I'm twelve at that point. I mean, even up like, six, I felt okay. Yeah, went up six, and then got pushed it back up to like nine with three or four minutes to go. And then just like dumb stuff. Uh, first of all, I you know didn't think the refs were terrible by any means, but you can't jump into a guy on a three and initiate contact. That took the lead back down to six. And if not for that, Florida State has the ball up nine and probably goes and and is looking to like put the game away, either with running thirty seconds off the clock or putting it up to eleven. Right. And so I don't know that that wasn't a foul. You you can't jump into the guy to initiate contact, right? Like you you know if if you're straight up and down and he jumps into you, or if you both jump into each other. But I thought that was really really bad. And and um, there's that, a rule for it, the rule of verticality, and he he jumped yeah. straight up. If anything, he jumped backwards a little yeah. bit. Like it was terrible, yeah. terrible. So that was really really bad. And so then you know I, I also thought that I thought we got fouled on the play that cut the lead to one as well on the, on the turnover wasn't called no big deal, but anyway, yeah, but it, it, it happened quickly. Cause when we put it back up to nine, I was like, Oh, well, we're good. Like nine with whatever it was, three or four minutes to go. You know, you're kind of like doing your math, like in your head, like, okay, 30 seconds here, get one more bucket. Like, can they even do it? And they did. They had a shot at the end to, uh, to take the lead and, uh, yeah, I was nervous. Second half, I was nervous. Is the only way I know how to answer that. It was, uh, it was. It, I really did not feel good. Like I thought. I mean, we we're talking about this a little bit before, you know, off air. You know, you win by one point against. We, you know, you barely get by Syracuse. Kind of the same situation, but you 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 beat Syracuse close. You beat Miami close. You beat Duke close. You just feel like eventually that you know. 50-50 games are going to go against you, but Florida State found a way to to hold on, forced a tough shot, did a good job yeah. defensively that last possession, um, you know, and uh, Dave Portnoy and the Miami Hurricanes and Danny Boy, Danny Boy Kane and 
the whole bunch of them can just suck it. So. Say, maybe it's the sports gods because you had Portnoy, you know, chirping all week at FSU, cussing out kids and stuff. Sit, yeah, cussing out kids <laughs> today, sitting courtside at the game. So you know, maybe take Travis Hunter. I'll take nine straight over Miami over one football recruit. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm gonna um, get ratioed for that, but I'll just leave it there. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd let them have this win today <laughs> for that, but um, <laughs> um, no, it really, I mean, just like and like I said, just in basketball in general right now, they're 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 peaking at the right time. They're playing well, and I don't even know that they're peaking, but playing really well. Also, on today's second half, I don't know how much of it was their legs that were gone. Right, I, I didn't really was, see like yeah. an effort or an intensity issue. It just was like, man, you came out with so much like adrenaline in the first half and really played, I mean, just played up. Like, hey, we're doing, every, you know, we're playing up. We're balling right now. It's right. It's a rivalry. You're on the road. People are saying all week how we're not going to be able to play them well. You made us an underdog after just beating them. You made us an underdog after us beating Duke. And so we're, you know, it kind of just felt like they had that fire, that intensity. And then when you go to the locker room and you sit for 20 minutes, and all the and you have a big lead and all that cools down. You could see that Florida State was really, really cold to start the second half and then really through most of the second half. Um, Miami just didn't take advantage of it the first 12 minutes. Like they could have made that game a lot closer, a lot quicker yeah. if they'd have been kind of firing on all cylinders. But they were struggling too. Miami woke up a little bit, but hats off to Florida State. I mean, hats off to Miami for for fighting back. You know, I mean, most of the time when you get down by that much, you you don't see down three teams. touchdowns at the half. Yeah. It's over. Right. Not so. typically doing that, but I'm glad that they fought back hard. I'm glad that they showed that much effort. Just like when Florida state had a massive lead in the football game and Miami fought back and thought they had a chance. I'm glad they thought they had a chance in both games and got their hearts absolutely yeah. ripped out. So yeah. that I'm, I'm happy that it was a one point win. Yeah. They, they, they failed to convert their fourth and 14, which, you yeah. know, unfortunately that it happens. But I, I, I want to give the staff a shout out because that was a calculated risk they took. Obviously, UNF was never supposed to be played this past Thursday. That game was originally postponed due to, due to COVID protocol. And the staff said, you know what? Let's put it in between Miami and Duke. Let's play three games in five days in preparation for the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament when they have those quick turnarounds. And it, a lot of staffs, I think, would have just said, no, let's just cancel it, especially how important that game would be playing Duke and Miami back-to-back conference games. To throw a non-conference in the middle of there at noon on a random weekday, again, they were confident they would win, but UNF, they had the best game they've had all year shooting. They shot like over 62% from deep. That yeah. could have turned out bad. And if you lose that game and you know give everything you have in that game and then you still go to Miami gassed, which I think they were gassed in that second half today and lose that one, my goodness, what a massive error that is. But what a huge payoff it is now because they won both the games and they have that experience with those quick turnarounds. Now they're off until Wednesday. Uh, they'll ha- head to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech on my birthday. So I got to figure out where I'm going to watch this. I think my wife's taking me to a steakhouse. I don't know. Let's go. You're going to go for an early dinner so you can go. It's another 9 p.m. tip. Oh, perfect. I think she made a 6.30 or 7 reservation. Oh, you'll be Frisco's, great. So I'm you'll good, great. yeah. <laughs> um, Brendan and I were talking about doing a um, – because that game's so late, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do? Like, sit around and wait for that game. Now, for you, it's easy because you're just going to go your birthday. But Brendan and I are going to do another one of those whiskey spaces or like bourbon spaces or whatever to like lead up to the game. It's like, what do you do from? We put the kids down at seven. What do you do from seven to nine? 
drink bourbon. So like, I guess that's the answer, but anyway. All right. Speaking of um, birthdays and anniversaries and everything else, 10 years ago yesterday was, well, two days ago, again, if you're listening to this live, watching it live three days ago, if you're listening to it on podcast form on Monday morning, but 10 years ago, the Duke Michael snare shot. Um, do you remember, were you in school then? No, you weren't in school. School was no, farther I, back than that. Yeah. No, I, I was one year removed, and so I remember where, exactly. Where did you watch that? I was um, working in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was in my apartment watching it, laying on my bed. I remember when Michael Smear hit, hit the shot. I went nuts. It was a random roommate that I found on Craigslist. I would not recommend that to anyone, but I was like making <laughs> 35 grand a year just out of college, just scrapping funds together. But I went nuts. He came in. He's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, man, we just beat Duke. And we just beat North Carolina a few days before that. Yeah. The, Blew the them out, right? That, the the Davis yeah. Dolkies game, yeah. yeah. So it, it was a, man, I, and shout out Michael Snare. Anyone who, who's enjoying this Florida State basketball run, go to YouTube and Google Michael Snare game-winning shots. He hit like six of them at Florida six, State. Yeah. All it, big games, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Duke, Maryland, Tech, like Duke. like yeah. big ones. Uh, go Google those. One of them might have been banked in, but who cares? That, all that guy did was make clutch shots. Uh, he was the five-star that Florida State beat out from UCLA in Kansas. That was one of Ham's first really big gets. And why did he pay off? He did. He wasn't that first-round lottery, lottery pick player. But when he got the ball late and he let the ball fly, you knew it was going in, and it started with Duke. My goodness. Yeah. No, it, he – yeah, that – man, I'll never forget that too because who was it? Rivers drove in. Yeah, Austin it Rivers. Up, yeah. And Doc like, was there going nuts. Yeah. I think I was at Kara's house um, for that um, when we were we, – you know, we were dating, and um, – I remember when he hit when Rivers hit it. It was on Saturday, right? I think it was yeah, Saturday. It was a Saturday noon game. Saturday yeah. afternoon, yeah. Yeah. And uh I remember he hit that and I just looked over and I was like, dang it, they're gonna beat us in overtime. Like that is so frustrating. Like we did everything we could to win this game. And we're gonna blow and we blew it. Um, but we didn't. Shout out, was it Laux with the pass? Incredible yeah, so pass. I was, so I was like about to say you kind of like look when you when he cuts through the two defenders. And then, like, kind of passes it, um, almost like a lateral. Like, if you were like, yeah. if you were like lateraling the ball in NCAA fourteen or just whatever, I that's what it reminds me of because it was like it was definitely a no look, and he was trying to like pull defenders his way, but he had to kind of go around the guy. And so, if that pass isn't absolutely perfect to where Michael can catch it and shoot in rhythm, I mean, it's not going in. Like, yeah. if he's if he's off just by a few inches or a foot or whatever. There's no way that that shot's going in, but he caught it perfectly. Incredible pass. Um, so, so yeah, credit, credit uh, Mark Ferguson for at uh, Double Fries No Slaw.com. Uh, he put the article and tweet up like at 7 a.m. that day. So I immediately saw it and wanted to quote it with the video because I'm like, man, I, I had that was instant nostalgia for me. And uh, Coach CY quote tweeted me and actually uh, said, he's like, is this the best pass in Florida State basketball history? Um, you know, hashtagging Luke Lauks because it really was the, the way because yeah. it, it's obviously he knew snare was there, but he doesn't look at him until the ball's leaving his fingertips and yeah. to deliver that. And then, you know, the Gene Deckerhoff call, you know, the oh, Noles win, Noles win, Noles win. 
just a phenomenal game. And not to mention Duke had won 45 consecutive home games in a row before that. So that was kind of cool too. Yeah, no, definitely. Mike does a great job over at, you know, again, doublefriesnoslot.com of all of the anniversary type stuff. So anything from, you know, here's something that happened in the 80s. You know, here's something that happened 40 years ago. Like, check this out or that. Does a great job with daily content. What's going on with FSU in all facets. Um, Everything from football to basketball to swimming and diving to softball, baseball. Doesn't matter. Tennis keeps you updated with the daily stuff, but Love the anniversary type stuff that comes out. And uh, that was a fun one. The Dokies um, video was really, really good too. Or the the throwback to play-by-play of that one. But the, uh, you know, yeah, that snare buzzer beater, you know, will will forever. I mean, okay, is that I, – I don't really think about it. But that's in my top ten plays in, F, in FSU history. Maybe five. Probably, I mean, there's, there's a great – I mean, all football sports. is going to be really heavy in there. Yeah. But, yeah, all sports, it's going to be – Oh yeah, basketball only. It might be number one, but like well, yeah, that's, that's, that's really only I'm saying to push one. It all sports, and you know how I feel about basketball. I'm going top <sighs> ten easily, maybe top five. I'd have to really think. I'd that. say top ten. I don't. I don't think it cracks the top five for me though. Definitely top ten. Yeah, I mean, there's just. I mean, there's what's tough is there's like five plays from the national championship. But but, uh, but to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, and given our relationship with the boosters, I'm gonna probably upset some people. Like my top ten is gonna be only football and basketball, most likely. So I, actually, I um, might put Jesse Warren in the top ten. Jesse Warren, would. Jesse Warren's probably, probably, probably the top up 10. there, just because of the magnitude being in the women's college world series. Yeah, that's really really high up there. And then, um, yeah, there's some other stuff too. There, you know. But uh, yeah, that one's pretty special. Football would be, you know, football would be tough because like there's enough plays just in national championships that you could yeah. make your top. Like I feel Peter like you Ward's need your catch. top ten for football and then your top ten for everything else. Right. Yeah. But that if you just did basketball, that's two or three. To, top two or three, maybe one. Like that easy, might just easy. be one. Yeah. I have to just think yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Remember when Bacon hit that game winner against UF too? Like that was really big for me, just because like yeah, didn't that start that the big. didn't that start the didn't that start the uh, streak? I think that might have started the streak. I, his game winner at Virginia was bigger now, than the, me. You know who started the streak? Kurtz. You have started themselves, yeah, right? Yeah, you have started that. <laughs> With the own yeah. basket. Yeah. The, the own goal, year, TJ. That was a year or two later. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, but, they, you know, we think about so many plays, though. Yeah. You know, you think about, um, you know, soccer, you know, how does soccer rank, right? With their couple of national championships. Um, yeah you know, walk-offs in softball and baseball. I mean, there's been a lot of fun stuff. So anyway, uh, a really cool moment talking on all of those things. Go check out doublefriesnoslaw.com. Mike Ferguson does a fantastic job there with that, uh, with that content. Um, all right. I think the last thing we have, we'll wrap up and get out of here after this um, NFL playoffs just wrapped up the, uh, the Bengals, Tennessee game, Bengals score on the last second field goal. You guys already know that. Packers, Niners coming up next. Bucks, Rams tomorrow. And then another fun one. Uh, Bills and Chiefs tomorrow evening. I think whoever wins that Bills-Chiefs game, I don't know. I know that I'm not stepping out on two. We'll do AFC first. I know I'm not stepping out on a super far ledge here, but um, I think whoever wins that Bills-Chiefs game goes to the Super Bowl. I, I really don't see um cincinnati having enough to beat them but it would be cool it'd be a cool story i'd love to i mean i don't really care about the bills or the chiefs or the Bengals, but i like burrow i like burrow a lot i like jamar chase 
I don't well, think they're good enough to win it, but I would that'd be a team I'd root for. Like they'd be fun. I mean, what's you know. cool? What's cool is until last Saturday, no individual had ever texted a friend that the Bengals had just won a playoff game because the last yeah. time the Bengals won one was before text messaging was invented. So now they got two. We'll see. They is are they a team of destiny with Joe Burrow there? We'll see. But I, I'm with you. I, I think whoever wins that Bills Chiefs game, it, that's that's who the Bucks are going to have to go up against in in LA. Yeah, I think that. Uh... <laughs> Tonight's game, um, I, I I have no faith in the 49ers. I really think the 49ers, you know, tried to give the game away last week to the Cowboys. And if not for like a three-yard pick six, they would have lost to the Cowboys. I don't think they're going to have anything for Green Bay. Do you think Green Bay wins tonight? I mean, people can hot takes us, as, as, you know, while they're watching this because everybody will kind of know what's happened. But you got Green Bay in this one? Yeah, I don't trust Jimmy G's uh, thumb in that cold weather. He's going to have to throw the ball to win, and that Green Bay's going to win. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is on a kind of a little mini FU tour, and yeah, I, I do not want to see. I know I was made that comment early, but I, I'm not sure I'd want to see the Bucks play at Green Bay next week either because, my goodness, I, I, I do think Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers is on a mission right now. Do you uh, – I mean – you're looking ahead to the NFC championship. Like it's a sure thing. I think this Rams game is going to be pretty tough for Tampa Bay too. I think that, uh, you know, uh, what did I, what did I see that outside of the saints, the Rams are the only team that's beaten Tom Brady twice while he's been in Tampa. And so um, they absolutely throttled the bucks. The first time they played ended up being a 10 point game, but a late touchdown by the bucks made it look a little closer. Um, I think it all comes down to if, if they get pressure on Brady. I think if they get pressure on Brady, the game's over. If he's got time to sit back there and throw and pick apart the defense, he's one of the best that's ever done it, you know, it's with time in the pocket. And so I think that um, if, if, he, if, if the Bucks can't protect him and can't keep Aaron Donald and that nasty defensive line away from him or off him, it's going to be really, really tough for them to find a way to win because I do think that the Rams will put up some points. Um, but to me, that's the biggest factor in the game is yeah. how yeah. well and, – and the Bucks having a couple of offensive linemen go out last week with injury. Now, they both practiced Friday, but I, you know, I'd be shocked if they're both 100%. So, I don't know. I think that's, a, that's the biggest part of the game to me is, is how much time can they give Brady. Um, give, give me that cortisone shots, load them up, do whatever you got to do, make sure they play. Um, you know, the Bucks defense, they, they were extremely limited uh, um, or really hit with injuries. JPP didn't play. Sean Mayford Bunting didn't play. Um, I think a couple of the starters were out or limited. Levante David. So it, I don't trust Matt Stafford versus Tom Brady. It, it, you you hit the nail on the head, TJ, I think. If you Nobody can stop Aaron Donald, but if you can slow him down somehow, I like our chances. Um, Cam Akers, I loved seeing him back last week. I'm not concerned about him. I think the key matchup is Jalen Ramsey and Mike Evans. And Jalen's yeah. typically had Evans' number uh, pretty much their whole career, uh, even going back to Jacksonville. So that, that's going to be tough. So who will be that? Will it be Prashard Perryman? Um, will, will Grillis be back this week? I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I I think the Bucks should probably win. I love Brady at home in a revenge game from a team he lost to earlier in the season. Um, I feel bad. The uh, the Bucks just cut Le'Veon Bell because they've re-elevated um, playoff Lenny from the IR. So it, he's back. So unfortunately, Bell's gone. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I do think no result this weekend of any of the four games would surprise me. No matter anybody outside of, uh, you know, San Francisco winning by 14. Yeah. yeah a, a San Francisco win would not shock me. I think they have a team that's, that's built. They're very physical, but I, I expect Green Bay to win. But if the Niners won by like seven and, you know, Rogers had like a bad pick off a, you know, tip pass or something. That wouldn't surprise me. Nothing from the Bucks Rams game surprised me. I could see either team winning by 14, and I could see that game being a you know last second field goal. I I, I just don't know. And Chiefs Bills, man, that everyone that we are blessed to have a game like that to end our weekend. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I have no gut on that one. I, no, I have no idea. I'm just gonna no. watch it. I'm not betting it, I'm just watching and enjoying. I'll probably bet it because I'm a degenerate. <laughs> but yeah, and you know. The Bucks definitely have some more defensive pieces back, which is which is super helpful. Um, less offensive pieces, and they weren't very good offensively last mm-hmm. uh, last time. Yeah. So that that kind of worries me too. I don't I don't know that I have a real strong lean one way or the other. I really think that game is a complete coin flip, which you can you know the spreads three and a half, which you get like three points for being at home. So I think that Vegas it's is a telling you that's a coin that, that's going to yeah. side it, something like that. Yeah, you know. So it's a it's it, the game is an absolute coin flip, but yeah, you know if uh, if if they like I said if they can protect Tom, I think the Bucks win. If they can't mm-hmm. and they get to Tom and they because like you know he's not extending plays anymore, right? Like he just throws it away or he takes this, you know, he goes down. Hey, goes just shelf, just last month he had that big run against whoever it was. Did yeah. you see his little his TikTok video where Peyton Manning said he couldn't were walk fun of him? or couldn't run? Yeah, <laughs> and he had like a so twelve I, yard run or whatever. So I, I don't uh, know. To me, that's the yeah. biggest factor. I, you know, I also think that you know, shout out the goat and the best defensive back in the NFL right now. You know, Jalen being on Evans hurts yeah. um, a little bit, but I don't think they have anybody for Gronk. Nobody has anybody for Gronk. Only five catches last week. I'd expect him to get a little bit more burn this week. Evans obviously tore it up because nobody could stay with him. But yeah. I think if, if Jalen shadows Mike a little bit more, you could see Gronk absolutely go ham um, in the secondary. So that it's going to be a fun one. I think this game that we're getting yeah. ready to watch tonight is going to be fun. I think the – I mean, yeah. and the last one went down to a last-second field goal. I think the rest of the three games um, this weekend are going to be a ton of fun. I, you know, Green Bay's – Green Bay could get out to kind of a big lead, but I wouldn't be shocked if this is low scoring in that cold weather. And So a lot of fun NFL games for sure. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to, we all enjoy it, right? And uh, you know, yeah. perfect world. You know, San Francisco upsets Green Bay, and the Bucks win, and I get to go to Ray J for the NFC Championship. But highly unlikely. You would you sold your tickets for tomorrow? Why you? But you would go to the NFC Championship? Yeah, yeah, for sure. How come you? It's a tomorrow? long day. It's a long day on a Sunday. Even taking the bus, like going there, partying all day, going to the game, coming back, having to be at work early Monday morning. It's a long day, and. We we made some decent money, so not a, not um, as much as if the Cowboys had come here. Because my goodness, the, there are no Rams fans in the world. I figured that out this week. Well, they left their hometown. Like all the yeah. St. Louis people probably feel burned, and then L.A. You know, it's just yeah. cold. Yeah, like it's just a Laker city, and that nobody cares about anything else. So, uh, <laughs> around the horn, real quick. Um, FSU's men's tennis is all to a five and zero start. Um, they won today against Stetson to improve their record to five and zero. Hey, on February fifth, they play at that UTSA, um, that tennis complex. They play Florida, the one that we went to last year for the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> they play Florida at the same time the women do. Both games are at five p.m. on the different courts. I'm actually going to be in Orlando. I'm, I'm supposed to go to um, 
Disney that day, but it's later in the day, 5 p.m. I, I'm thinking about going. I'm thinking about getting out there and going to that game because um, I'll already be in Orlando anyway. So that would kind of be cool. Um, women's tennis starts their season tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Um, they get underway against Mercer. And so excited for their season to tip off. I texted Coach Hyde tonight, and uh, they're they're very excited and want to kind of get through the season and kind of get, you know, do better than they did last year even, you know, where they made the Elite Eight and had a magical run there. And um, so shout out to Coach Hyde, Vic Allen, who worked with us a little bit as an intern last um, semester. Good luck to those ladies. The women's basketball team went one and one this week. Big win at Clemson. Unfortunately, dropped a close one to Miami on Thursday. About the only thing that Miami has beaten us in this year. Um, yesterday, on Friday, our swimming and diving team absolutely took Miami to the woodshed and doubled up their score to win in that matchup. There's more going on, and there's more ahead this week, of course. You can check out doublefriesnoslaw.com for all the updates on who plays, when, where, what, and all of that. Uh, I will say, while you're watching this, at 2 p.m. today, uh, Florida State's women's team kicks off uh, or uh, tips off against Clemson at home at 2 p.m. So you can check that out, take you right up into the NFL playoff games. Richie, do you have any shout-outs or anything before we get out of here? No, just shout-out Coach Ham. Like I said, Three games in five days, that's really tough, uh, especially when you beat two teams that will likely be in the tournament to include one team that a lot of people are going to have in their final four. So what a fun week for Florida State basketball and the, a lot of great athletics going on. So how about you, TJ? Um, No, I think that's it for me. You know, shout out to basketball. Shout out, you know, I gave one special one to Coach Hyde. Um, yeah. Shout out Dane Draper, who got, uh, again, that picture of Jordan Church. Love that. Yeah. The uh, gut boxes. Um, I will be uh, – yeah, shout out me. I am taking Elena and Kara up to Tallahassee this weekend for the Virginia Tech game on Saturday. Nice. I'm also – I think I'm going to go to the tennis match that morning at 11 a.m. Um, hopefully it's a little bit warmer than it's been because I want to see that outside. I don't want to have to go inside because it's so cold. But um, Elena's super excited to she's more excited to go like stay in a hotel than she is like anything else because then she gets to like sleep <laughs> with us but elena's super excited and she'll she'll flip out when when we get up there and see like the seminal head everywhere she thinks it's the coolest thing ever so shout out to that. us for our trip up to tally this weekend um which also means that next sunday you can't have plans we got to do it on sunday i'm gonna be in tallahassee on saturday night so sunday it's got to be sunday <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the first the first uh championship game isn't until three and then the next one's at 6 40 i believe oh so. yeah it'll be before that we're good yeah, it'll definitely yeah. be before that so <laughs> we're good all right cool well we will be back next sunday um check out doublefriesnoslaw.com for any more content throughout the week check out the twitter spaces that i do with josh newberg on um Twitter every day at noon. I don't know why I couldn't do that. <laughs> Twitter every day at noon. And we appreciate you guys' support. And we will see you guys next week. Until then, go Knowles.